0: of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News content and then break it down so you don't have to. This project is made possible due to the Tau Knight Center for News Integrity Initiative at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a recent graduate of that program. CUNY, if you're wondering, is short for City University of New York. Okay. So the title of this week's episode is, I just read a bunch of articles about Hunter Biden, so you don't have to. Woo! I will admit this is not my favorite topic. And, um, I kind of ignored it when it came out in 2019 because it just reeked of just sleaze and a desperate attempt to try to smear uh, Joe Biden. I'm going to start with the first clip, which I actually found. Sunday night, uh, last night on accident. I was going through the last episode of Fox and Friends to find something else. And I stumbled on this and went, oh my, you've got to be kidding me. Wow. <laughs> and it's by my favorite, uh, substitute host for Fox and Friends. Her name is Rachel Campo Duffy, And she, uh, is normally on Fox and Friends weekend, but she was subbing, um, and she was a hoot because she was all over the place and she kept kind of fighting with the two men which was great because you never see that did she say anything intelligent no not really but she <laughs> she she was very entertaining to say the least because instead of being the passive blonde who just sits there and goes oh yes yeah wow that's i'm really concerned she was like listen <laughs> and um, the two men that she was uh, sitting with kept like getting startled by her, and that was just entertaining. Um, so this is the clip that she made, and I my jaw dropped and just went, how did I miss that? But it's very quick, and I think that's why I missed it. So I'm going to play it for you now. Is the fact that our country spent four years um, looking at Russia's, Russian interference in our election, and it turns out that our media, big tech, um, interfered with our election. This election would have been different had this been um, allowed to see the light of day. That's
1: according to the polls, 10% of people who voted for Joe Biden 100%. said I wouldn't have voted for him.
0: Donald Trump would be president right now, and because for four years there was no incursion into Ukraine during his leadership, I don't believe we'd be in this war right now, Brian. The- All right, Kurt. Well, it won't be the first time Big Tech uh, impacted a massive political event. Just check out the Hunter Biden story. Thank you. So you can see that they made, uh, she made quite a few leaps there, and is talking about a poll... And the poll that he references saying that 10% of Biden voters would have voted for Trump had they known more about the um, Hunter Biden laptop scandal is kind of dubious because it's really easy to manipulate a poll. Polls mean very, very little. And I can't stand it when people whip out a poll in an argument because it's like, unless it's by a very trusted group like Pew Research Center or maybe Brookings Institute, and there's a few more, um... It's not worth much because you can twist a poll depending on how you ask a question. For example, if I go to West Virginia, like like Bernie Sanders kept saying he was going to do, and I asked people, would you like affordable health care for all that everybody could have access to? Um, do you think that's a good thing? Most people would say yes. Even Republicans would probably say yes. Now, if you say the same question and say, do you want unemployed people who don't work um, to have health insurance that you pay for through your tax dollars? People will answer that question very differently. So that's the nature of polling. And that's why you always have to be skeptical of a poll, especially when someone uses any sort of polling data to argue against how people vote. Um, If, For instance, in West Virginia, every single county voted for Trump every single county. <laughs> so, is that a purple state? Not really. And uh when you look at like for instance their Senator Mansion is pro-life. What other state would uh, elect a democrat who's pro-life? But West Virginia. So, it's not that's you have to look at the outcome rather than an idea and a poll is kind of an idea. So, don't the the poll that Ducey mentions, I'd never heard of the polling company he he was referencing. And I was like, what are you talking about? It was like super vague. So anyway, so moving on. So I, of course, heard that clip and freaked out and made a clip of it, put it on Twitter. Um, and then immediately thought, well, this is what the article's about this week. <laughs> Hunter Biden. Because she wasn't the only person that referenced Hunter Biden. So I, I did look up a bunch of articles about it. I looked up the... Um, This is what happened this week. So New York Times did an article about the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. And they referenced in two sentences, the laptop. And they basically said that the, um, they didn't say that the laptop was authenticated. And that's very important. They said that a couple of emails on the laptop were authenticated, but that doesn't mean (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but you can steal emails and stick them on a laptop. I'm going to read this sentence out loud and you can see, um, when I read it, you can tell it's a, it's still a little um, obtuse of what's going on here. Those emails were obtained by the New York times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. Now, if you notice, the wording is actually, appears to have come from. So they're not saying like, and journalists, trust me, are very careful about how they write stuff. Um, There's a few times in the uh, the newsletter this week where I say people have the opinion of, or some people think, and that's my way of saying that's somebody else's opinion. So, and I hyperlink it to that other person's opinion. You can't, as a journalist, you can't just say things without backing them up. And um, they're very careful in their wording on that one. So Fox News takes that tiny little kernel where they mentioned the laptop may have been the laptop basically and they turn it into that that is somehow an admission that their entire pretty complex theory that it also involves president joe biden and foreign governments and payoffs and all this crazy stuff um is 100% true um which is a, a crazy leap and um they lose their minds over it even though if you read the actual new york times article It says, and I quote this in the newsletter that there are no criminal investigation. There's really no, um, this did not prove anything in this investigation. It didn't, it didn't say that he was being charged with anything. It actually says the justice department has given no public indication that it has made any decisions about any element of the case. And Mr. Biden has not been charged with any crime. That's a direct quote from the article. So I'll briefly break down what this scandal is supposed to be about. So there's a repair shop in Delaware. The owner is legally blind. A man comes to his shop, gives him three laptops, and says, can you repair these, and leaves. And the the repair shop owner assumes it's Hunter Biden, but he can't see well, so he doesn't know if it's him or not. He finds some stuff on the laptops that are disturbing, that is disturbing, and he uh, contacts the FBI. The FBI comes, takes the laptops. This man has made copies of everything. He never hears back from the FBI. He gets nervous about what he thinks is happening to Donald J. Trump um, with the impeachment talks uh, regarding what happened with Zelensky and withholding of military aid over trying to find dirt on on Joe Biden. So he decides, "I'm going to reach out to Congress people." He eventually gets Rudy Giuliani somehow, and the New York Post gets involved. They publish this story. The authors are so nervous about it that they don't put their names on it, which is like crazy. Um, Some other people get involved. Everybody's favorite reporter, and I'm being sarcastic when I say that, Glenn Greenwald um, leaves The Intercept in protest. Um, You can hear my sarcasm, because they won't publish an article he wanted to write about the laptop. Uh, Right after it came out, there was 50 uh, former Intel agents who wrote a letter and all signed it, saying that this laptop story had a lot of um, things that made them think it might be Russian disinformation, and they didn't want to touch it, and they didn't think that anybody should be taking it seriously. The laptop is also mentioned on the five, and they make a similar conclusion.
1: They swayed an election. We, you know what? We might not even have the Ukra- We might not even Correct. have had this war, Greg. They didn't sway it. They rigged it. Mm. I think it, now you can say it was rigged. Look at the definition of rigged in the dictionary. It's exactly what they did. We're not talking about machines and voting and fraud. We're talking about covering up a huge story. Big tech conspired with the Democrat Party, with the CIA, to. Snuff out a major, major scandal that would have changed the results of the election. They did the survey and they said, like, you know, 10% of Biden voters, if they had known about the laptop situation, wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden in an election which was based on what, 49,000 votes over a couple swing states? That's the deal, man. So you can now say it's rigged. You can say it. And here's how stupid the media is, Dagan. The media takes the word of the CIA. And politicians, think about how dumb you are to believe the CIA and a politician is telling you the truth. It's great watching.
0: So I'm going to notice a couple of things. He also mentions this survey doesn't mention where the survey's from. It's the same one Ducey mentioned, but again, nice and vague. For all I know, they asked ten people in the Fox um, office. You know, hey, honestly. So that's a big tell. And again, almost the exact same wording. And this goes back to my theory that that somebody high up at Fox News literally just passes out talking points and says hit these. Because it's just too much crossover from show to show. And I also want to point out that, like, wouldn't Hillary Clinton like to have a word here? Because the FBI, James Comey, kind of screwed up her chances a little bit. Just a little bit. 2016. I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. Considering they're going to freak out and claim that the CIA is secretly plotting to see who the president, I mean, this is just, it's so many levels of crazy, but, and it wasn't the CIA, it was 50 former intel, 50 former intelligence agents who signed a letter. There's a bunch of links in the newsletter about Hunter Biden, and there's a great link to an article in the Washington Post that was published on Friday, which includes more information about it and why the story still has a lot of problems Um, And, of course, Hunter Biden, I don't think anyone's defending him because he's kind of a disaster. Um, But to his credit, Joe Biden has not put him in any sort of position in power in the government. He's just like many children of celebrities and um, politicians. And let's not forget Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, who were both breaking anti-nepotism laws when they were working in the White House and pocketed a cool $640 million during the time that they were there. The Hunter Biden scandal overlaps with the impeachment of Donald J. Trump, the first impeachment, that is, because Hunter was working for an energy company in Ukraine and Trump was trying to blackmail uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, to try to get dirt on Joe Biden to the tune of $44 million worth of military aid yikes so when they they say things like oh we wouldn't be in this war if trump i mean trump was president and all this it's like what wow now i don't want to run out of time so i'm going to play the next clip this one was very popular on twitter i wasn't the only one who snagged this. Let's just say it's very entertaining. I'm not going to give it away. I'm just going to play it. You'll see.
2: This isn't just talk. This is circumstantial evidence for which you can prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. But the one thing I want to say, I want every one of those people, from Mike Morrell to Leo Panetta, Leon Panetta, to Clapper, to Brennan, to all of them, to testify under oath as to why they said it was what it was. And you know what? I knew Leon Panetta was a liar when he started saying, we couldn't get to Benghazi in 2012 within 13 hours. From uh, from the from the tip of Italy to the top of Northern Africa, Mike Morrell says they were just extremists. They weren't Muslim extremists. What were they? Irish extremists. These are political operatives. So got- what you have now is not just Democrats who care about power. They care about power and the money what? it brings. And the Biden family is part of that trough. Pigs at the trough. And that's all I have to say.
0: Okay, that clip made the rounds on Twitter. Uh, based on I won't say out loud, but it's kind of obvious. But I do like the funny thing about, uh, Republicans just, when in doubt, just scream, BEN You know, and then, you know, you got a scandal. Here's the next clip. Also cracked me up. Also, Judge Janine.
2: With the we've got three NATO leaders who are with Zelensky right now in Kiev. If we were able to have those three NATO leaders, it just it, more le- leaders every day, along with the patriarch from the Russian Orthodox uh, 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 religious community, from the Greek Orthodox religious community, stand there with Zelensky, with all NATO, all the religious leaders, that ha- would have a profound effect. On the world in terms of this is diplomacy. If you're going to bomb us, you're going to bomb the churches and you're going to bomb the leaders of NATO. We do And then you. you're
0: going to get your nuclear war. If well, we'll see. I don't know. If what if that, bu- anyway coming up. Judge Piro, you know, just being real cash about nuclear war there. That's why I love that clip. Um Somebody last week commented on Twitter about my Judge Piro impression, which I did not intend to do, but I kind of do go into character when I talk about people. So, I'll I'll try my... I have to get really far away from the mic. <laughs> I don't know how her sound guy does it. What do you mean, Geraldo? Listen! No! We're not doing this! No! I'm sick of it! And we're not doing it! I was a judge! Did I mention that I was a judge? I was a lawyer! And then I was a judge! And I'm Judge Piero, And I'm not putting up with this! And I'm gonna throw a pit across the room! Okay, there. Oh, whew, God, that took it out of me. That was... It's like a little workout there. Okay. I will do the Marjorie Taylor Greene before the end of the show. I don't know when, but I will. I promise I have like about 14 minutes left. So the next clip, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. We're going to go on a journey together. Sean Hannity compares Donald J. Trump to Ronald Reagan. I take great issue with this (laughs) and I have read some editorials of other people who agree with him and I cannot disagree more strongly. I am no cheerleader for Ronald Reagan. I'm not a fan of Ronald Reagan, but I did grow up during the Reagan administration and you cannot compare these two men. You cannot compare these two men. They are, could not be more different. Ronald Reagan hated communism with a passion that cannot be described. He hated communism. He, I happened to go to the Soviet Union when I was in high school in 1990 with a youth exchange program. And when I was over there, They told me how during Reagan's reign, they were terrified of him and thought he was going to nuke them at any moment. Reagan did not mince words. Reagan did not um, suck up to any Russian leader. It would have been Soviet leader at the time. Reagan did not um, trash NATO. (laughs) Reagan was like about as complete an opposite of type of leader when it came to foreign policy than Trump could ever be. Trump didn't even have a foreign policy other than let me trash all of our um, friends and allies and suck up to dictators. And Reagan, with all of his flaws, and he had so many, (laughs) would never have done that in a million years. So I just, I got, I just get like viscerally angry when I hear this because I'm like, who in their right mind with a brain that works thinks that these two individuals are similar? So I'm going to play the clip and then I'm going to talk about what he's talking about in the clip after I play it.
1: America, we have a conscience and a soul, and we care about innocent men, women, and children. There are many ways that we can help. I go back to Ronald Reagan. He provided, for example, the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, the Stinger missiles. Well, that helped Afghanistan defeat the former Soviet Union in the 1980s. Reagan made that happen. Reagan also provided weaponry to the freedom fighters, the Contra rebels in Nicaragua, to battle Danielle Nortega and the Sandinistas. He was successful there. Reagan never put a single American boot on the ground. These weapons help these freedom fighters defeat bad actors. We should learn the lessons from Reagan.
0: So where do I even start with that one? If you know what he's referencing, you understand why that's incredibly alarming that he's advocating for either one of those programs. So Operation Cyclone was something that was started under Jimmy Carter and ended during George H.W. Bush. Operation Cyclone was meant to arm the rebels who were fighting the Soviet Union inside of Afghanistan. Most of the Cold War was a series of small regional proxy wars between the United States and the Soviet Union. It would just be in a different country. So like Vietnam was communism and the United States, and the communism was being fueled by the Soviet Union. Korea, same story. Um, We had conflicts with Cuba, the Cuban Missile Crisis the um, Bay of Pigs, which was an absolute disaster. Um, So you see this over and over again, this pattern. And what happened in Afghanistan was a lot of the weapons that we sent over there, and it was in a huge amount of money, um, got into the wrong hands, was sold on the black market, and just increased the general chaos, violence, corruption, instability of the entire Middle East. So what many have argued, um, and it's just an argument I included a link on the newsletter, and you may or may not agree, is that by putting all of this weaponry in a very unstable part of the world, many of it getting into the wrong hands, that we sort of accidentally fueled the beginning of this whole terrorism movement that ended up biting us, you know, in the ass in 9-11, uh, because Osama bin Laden was sort of emboldened by all of this chaos and this, these weapons and whatnot. So that was Operation Cyclone. The second thing was um, Iran-Contra Affair, which was another mess and completely illegal in that case. Um, What happened there was the United States, uh, Ronald Reagan specifically, wanted to uh, empower a small group of what he called freedom finders in Nicaragua who were struggling against the socialist government there called the Sandinistas. And the Contras were a band of men who were like rebelling against socialism. So he was blocked by Congress in giving them any money. And he knew this. So there was a scheme hatched, whereas the United States government secretly sold weapons to the government of Iran, overcharged them for it, took the surplus money and gave it to the Contras in Nicaragua. This is a problem for many reasons. Iran was at war with Iraq and we were supposed to be allied with Iraq. So we were playing both sides of a war. Bad idea. If you wonder why those countries hate us, well, we could go all the way back to the fifties with Iran and how we messed with their government with the UK. It's a nightmare. So it's not, they hate us for our freedom. No, we've kind of messed up with their governments multiple times. But anyway, the Contras in Nicaragua committed all these war crimes. It was a total disaster. This whole thing got blown up. Reagan may or may not have known about all of it. Um, There was trials. Everybody was acquitted by George H.W. Bush. Total, complete disaster. I don't know why anyone would advocate for anything like the Iran-Contra affair again, because it was illegal, it was covert, it caused all kinds of bad, bad things. So our next section is Bogus Expert of the Week. And since the war in Ukraine started, Fox has actually been pretty good about actually having on uh, generals retired military, retired State uh, Department people, even though a lot of them are very extreme right wing and very, uh, you know, Trump administration, I respect the fact that they are they are actual experts and they're not having like Candace Owens or Charlie Kirk on talking about the war, that would be a nightmare. Um, but one snuck in and I'm just gonna play the clip and you can hear it um, and I'll explain what he says.
1: President Biden's blundering. He has promoted an alliance, a de facto alliance between the two major powers in the Eurasian landmass, Russia and China, led by the Chinese Communist Party. That is an existential threat to the United States. China is underwriting this Russian invasion of Ukraine in all but name. They're supplying the Russians with arms and they are giving Russia economic relief due to these new sanctions. So I think that like, no one is a larger hawk than me against the Chinese Communist Party, and we have to look at the larger scope of this conflict in terms of the proxy struggle between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. That's what I'm looking at. We have to prevent this growing union between Russia and China.
0: So let me just correct first, the first thing that was said in that that is incorrect. China is not giving Russia weapons, at least as far as the time that I'm taping this and the time that he said that on Friday. China is not giving russia weapons for their war in ukraine not yet they're not doing it and i triple checked that i have a link in the newsletter they are not doing it there was a fear that they might but they're not second that man is uh named jake baguette he is a former nfl player who uh, was briefly an army ranger and did serve in combat in iraq and thank you for your service sir you are not however a foreign policy expert and you said something blatantly wrong in that clip and i personally just found i kind of chuckled at the Eurasian landmass because I find that just completely pretentious and (laughs) Russia and China have had an alliance for quite some time now this is not new that they're buddy-buddy with each other they're very ideologically similar and they've been they've had alliances and partnerships and trade partnerships going back since the end of the Soviet Union so that's that's not new Okay, so I don't want to run out of time. I'd like to keep this down to about a half hour. So the two last sections of the um, podcast are stories that Fox promoted and PBS didn't and vice versa. And I always compare the 15 hours of Fox programming to five hours of PBS NewsHour, which is excellent, highly recommended. It's a nonpartisan source. It's truly well, incredibly well made. So the one story, again, Fox did this two weeks in a row, that they dedicated a lot of time to, that pretty much nobody else did, including PBS, was the Jesse Smollett trial. Um, When I broke it down to percentage points, Fox uh, spent 20 times more airtime on Jesse Smollett than PBS. PBS spent 15 seconds on the story. They just basically said he was released from jail. That was it. And then another thing that was a huge difference between the two is the uh, WNBA player who is currently stuck, Brittany Griner in Russia over a pretty mild, almost like a joke, drug charge, um, was a pretty 3% of the broadcast of PBS NewsHour and is getting a lot of coverage all over the media. Fox completely ignored it. And I'm gonna point out, because I've been doing this for weeks now, that Fox has a habit If a black person is a victim of any way, shape or form, they don't they don't report on it. They just don't. And I can again, I can prove this going all the way back to when I started this in February. And I think it's going to remain a trend. But if a black person is got in trouble, is sort of facing criminal, the criminal justice system for doing something wrong, well, then Fox is all over it. And again, they've done this before. So I just, because like, who cares about Jesse Smollett? I mean, I don't think he really has much of a base anymore. I don't think people are really out there advocating for him. But, you know, Fox had to spend a lot of time on him and nobody else did. And then I also include by the numbers, like what were the top five topics by Fox and by PBS. And then, of course, my favorite section, which are the words used. And what got really funny about last week is that Hillary Clinton made the list again at 31 mentions. Uh, Reagan, 29. Socialism, 8, which makes no sense. Fauci, 4, and he was always negatively uh, talked about. Uh, AOC, 3 times. Uh, Jesse Smollett again, 3 times. Um, and of course, the uh, this one always cracks me up. Hunter Biden was mentioned as often as President Zelensky in Ukraine. So that tells you all you need to know about where Fox's (laughs) importance is. It's just totally nutty that they do that. So next week, I'm gonna switch things up for one week and one week only, when I'm gonna cover just the primetime shows, Tucker Carlson, Hannity, and the Ingram Angle. And I'll tell you, they are harder to edit than anything else I edit. It's going to actually make this job harder, but I legitimately want to see how those three shows differ in their Ukraine coverage, because I've covered all three, but I've covered them three weeks apart. And it just makes it funky to kind of get where they're at, because they all had a different, very, very different tone. Hannity's incredibly hawkish. Uh, Tucker was sort of kissing up to Putin. Ingram just talks about China all the time and conspiracy theories. So I'm like, what would they do in a given week? What are their voices sounding like in a given week? Where's the overlap? I'm sure they're all going to be Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Okay, we're at the very end of the podcast and I want to do one thing that I promised. So you have to listen to the end to get these jokes. I'm going to do my Marjorie Taylor Greene impression. I just think it's suspicious that the CDC is telling us all to get another booster. When I don't think when we got vaccines, when we were children, that we had extra boosters. And if I want to speak. At a conference hosted by a white nationalist that I didn't bother to research, I think I should. Guns, mega freedom, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I ain't wearing no mask. Okay, sorry, I just had to do that. <laughs> so, anyway, check me out on TikTok for Decoding Fox News, Instagram for Decoding Fox News. We finally hit a thousand followers on Twitter. Oh my God! And on Facebook, I'm Julia Chesky. And I would just love you to tell your friends about this. Listen every week or not. It's free. Like I said, you could just skim it. I don't know. I don't know. As long as you click on it, that makes me very, very happy. So thank you so much. We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. I'm the only person in the show. I'm the only person who does this project. So see you next week. Thank you so much.